This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, I'm very happy to be joined by Carl Samuel, president of M&T Insurance Agency based in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thanks, Nick. It's a pleasure to have you joining us today, Carl. I'm really looking forward to hearing your insights into the insurance industry and, and finding out more about the work you're doing there at M&T Insurance. Before we start, if I could just ask you to share a little bit more about your background, your experience, and how you've got to where you are today. No, that'd be great. Well, once again, Nick, thanks for having me. Excited to, to be here on the podcast. Yeah, so I've been in the insurance business for um, 28 years now. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but spent the first five years of my career in underwriting and uh, and then moved over to the brokerage side of the business and uh, spent uh, 17 years um, with uh, one of the world's largest global brokers, uh, Aon, and then um, you know had a combination of being um, both in sales and in leadership. And um, then moved into um, management, and that ultimately um, resulted in me being here at MT to have the opportunity to to run a, a great business here inside of MT Bank. How have you found those various transitions throughout your career? You've gone from underwriting into a global broker like Aon to the, your management and senior leadership position at MT, obviously owned by the bank and an insurance agency within the banking division there. Yeah, you know, I think um, when I when I look back on my career path and the trajectory that I've been on, I think each step of the way was a was a necessary step in my transition to gain the technical skill set of having been an underwriter, to understand, you know, moving to the sales process and understanding, you know, the brokerage model and 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 being an intermediary between our clients and and the insurance companies, having that opportunity to 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 really help manage risk and consult on that. And then to being moving away from being an individual contributor to leading a business, you know, all of those things were, I think, necessary steps along the way. I think the hardest part about the transition, um, having spent so long in underwriting and, and, and solving problems directly for clients is being in the C-suite every day. I, uh, I'm not as close to the customer as I, as, as I was, um, you know, most of my career. And so that is the only challenge. But what I try to do to remedy that is to make sure that every decision that I make is made with the customer in mind. I see. And how are things going there at the bank at the moment? Tell us a little bit about the business there and what your plans for growth are over the next few years. Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, it, it's really an exciting place to be. I mean, M&T Bank has a, a rich history as a community bank, you know, being the 17th largest bank in, in, in the U.S. And, you know, in the way in which we operate in our communities, the community model works in, incredibly well. 
you know, I'm part of an exciting opportunity to grow a complementary business inside of the bank that serves not only bank customers, but customers at large across across the communities in which we reside. And, and I think the best part about growing this complementary business is that I sit inside not of just your traditional insurance model, but inside of a true financial services organization that really can bring a whole the whole spectrum of financial solutions to a client. And so that's an exciting place to be. And we're really excited about uh, what the future holds for us. Fantastic, Carlos. Brilliant. Really appreciate your insights there and finding out a bit more about your career before we move into the main body of our questions today. Okay. I know our listeners will want to know, though, what's your coffee of choice in the morning, Carl? <laughs> Great question. Tough question. Actually, no, I uh, uh, Illy coffee. Illy, ah, Italian Illy coffee, ah, one of my yes, favorites. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's great stuff. Right, we'll get into the serious, serious questions now, Kyle. <laughs> that is a serious question. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly can be yeah, on a Monday morning. That is a serious question. Yeah. Right. Kyle, how did you break into the C-suite position that you enjoy now and I know you just mentioned it in, in your introduction. How, how do you find that transition from previous customer facing position into your role that you have now? Yeah, you know, um, we did we did talk about it a bit in the, in the transition, but I think worth repeating is the idea that when I think about, you know, each of the steps along the way within my trajectory, every skill that I gained in the respective roles that I had, whether it was underwriting, whether it was sales and understanding what it's like to be client facing, and understand what value is to the client, then into moving on to um, to leadership, where you move beyond being an individual contributor to to understanding what it takes to have a collaborative effort in, in delivering value to our clients. I think every job that I've had along that roadmap has prepared me to transition into the C-suite. And, and then, as I mentioned, you know, the one challenge associated with that transition is, is making sure that you keep the customer in mind, because the further you get, you are removed from the customer, the easier it is to make decisions that, that aren't necessarily customer centric. And so that's, that's what I try to focus on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis is what are we doing to add more value to our customers? Thanks. I think if the mantra you have there of sticking close to customers, even though your position now you're not client facing, I think that pays dividends. In in terms of being a division within the bank itself, is that very much the, the bank's philosophy with the senior leadership team within the bank as well? Yeah, I mean, customer centricity is uh, is really key to to how we think about the world as customers. I mean, we are so focused on the communities we reside in and so far beyond just a financial transaction. And we really feel like we belong to, and, and more, more than feel, we act like we belong to the communities in which we reside. And so we really think about when we're, when from the talent that we developed and the way in which we serve our customers, all those things are focused around us being the best bank we can be and us being the best insurance agent or broker we can be to, um, to our respective customers. Excellent. Thank you so much. What has been the biggest achievement that you've had in your leadership career to date? Oh, it's a great question. It's a it's a hard question. You know what I would say is when I when I think about I mean so I'm very early in in this experience here at M and T and I'm proud uh, of what we've done thus far. But I would say my my role prior to coming to M and T I think best prepared me for for the role that I have today. I walked into a situation where there was a um, a dearth of leadership where morale you know and culture had suffered greatly from that that dearth of leadership. And so to having an opportunity to come in to hire key talent, to build, rebuild morale and uh, to build a culture that was very positive. And then ultimately that talent and that culture allowed us then to 
significantly enhance client retention. And so I think that that opportunity, you know, taught me that, you know, the pillars of success, mm-hmm. you know, are talent and culture. And then that, that, op- that affords you the opportunity to grow a business and to serve your customers well. Yeah, so building from the foundations up, all, all based on talent and culture. It sounds like a great opportunity you had there, as well as uh, probably a significant challenge. It, it was. I mean, um, and I think that you know, and not to to fall into the cliches, but but absolutely. I mean, every every opportunity uh, does, um, you know, or I should say, every challenge does afford you an opportunity. And so, uh, so yeah. So in that in that case, that you know, I embraced it, and the team that we had embraced it, and we were fortunate to uh, to execute. And have you ever had a time in your career where you've been overlooked for a position or you've gone for an opportunity that hasn't quite worked out? And how have you gone about dealing with that? <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't I don't think there are very many of us who haven't suffered you know, failures along the way. I, I think those failures truly, truly do you know, teach you lessons. And I think in the when I think back upon the times that maybe I was overlooked for an opportunity and what felt like failure in the moment really forces you to have a level of introspection around what is it that I can do differently? And you really take a more global view of, you know, have I not done something in my career to to stand out? Am I not articulating what my own individual value proposition is? Hmm. Have I not worked with a maybe a sponsor within my own organization who understands my skill set and my business acumen and what I bring to the table? You look at all of those things. And I think you also have to understand if you've not done a good job of differentiating yourself, you know, what can you do to, you know, what can you do to sort of change that viewpoint on your own skills and your own performance? But the final thing I would say on the other side of that spectrum is that there are folks who are performing at a high level and who have still been overlooked for their job. And I think what you have to then decide is that if you're performing at a high level and not being recognized for that, then you have to take a different perspective on it, which is, do I fit in the culture that I reside in? You know, is, yeah. is, is my skill set aligned you know, with the business that I'm currently with. And if that's not the case, then you have to then, you know, consider other opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, evaluating your own performance, see what you can do better. But if you are performing, those opportunities are not coming. Evaluate what other opportunities are, are out there in the market. Absolutely. And Kyle, well, how, how is the bank, how is the insurance division adopting new technology to meet and exceed the client's expectations at the moment? <laughs> that is the um, the million or, or billion dollar question, isn't it? You know, I, we we are consistently looking at you know technology. I mean, we always we're endeavoring to find ways to enhance our productivity as well as our efficiency through the use of technology. I think that you know I would I would argue that other folks who are in the C suite probably find themselves being inundated with technology options, right? And I think the hardest thing to decide is you know what technology will truly add value and make our business better. And so, you know, there's a bit of trial and error, but at the end of the day, you have to decide, you know, what enhances my value proposition, what enhances my efficiency, and what gives us the best, what positions us best to serve our clients in the most effective manner possible. So we're, uh, we're on that journey. Uh, we haven't uh, completely solved that problem, but we, we're definitely working towards it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And We've talked about the the past and the current situation with the technology that you're implementing there. But looking forward now, what what do you see as the major challenges ahead for insurance executives and how should they be adapting to be successful? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a really important question. You know, I, I would tell you that from my from the seat that I sit in, the major challenges for the for insurance executives in general are, you know, 
the challenge that we've been facing for a while, which is an aging workforce, right? I think we have to continue to understand that, respond to it, and proactively address that issue. I think in the context of that, we also then have to think about diversity. And when I, and I think about the full spectrum of diversity, not only from a race and gender perspective, but also looking at non-traditional talent you know, for the insurance industry, because I think we need to continue to evolve, to evolve and not necessarily think about our model in the more in the most traditional way. And so, you know, does that include, you know, hiring IT professionals and others that can help us along our journey to, to solving client problems in the future? And then the final thing I would say about, you know, the, the major challenges are is we have to continue to refine our value proposition, you know, from, from the seat that I sit in as a, uh, as an intermediary, as an insurance broker is, you know, when we look at risk management, how, how are we adding value? Are we on top of all of the emerging risk issues that are out there in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. When we think about the evolving healthcare business model, are we on top and, and or out in front of how we, you know, consult with our clients on, on addressing those issues? So, and then just finally, when you think about it, as technology makes our business more efficient, you know, how do we ensure that we're adding value so that we remain relevant, you know, in that equation of providing value in, uh, in the sort of in the risk management world? So I think we have to be very thoughtful about that approach. So in my opinion, those are the, the I think, the largest issues that are facing uh, insurance executives. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Carl. And just going back to that diversity point. Do you find it's a benefit being part of the bank, being part of all around financial services sector that you can draw in a wider pool of talent or, or do you sometimes find it as a, as a hindrance? No, look, I think that's an astute observation because when we're recruiting, we can recruit through the lens of when you're joining M&T as an organization, you're joining a true comprehensive full service financial services organization, right? And, and while that recruitment might be around, you know, risk management and insurance and employee benefits consulting, a talented person within our organization, one, even if they stay within the insurance business, their business acumen will be, you know, expanded and broadened by having being part of this large organization. But then two, they also can ultimately explore different opportunities inside of the large organization. So I do think that that, that is definitely um, an asset for us in terms of the uh, diversity and just recruiting in general. That's good. And and do you find that you're receiving enough diversity in, in the shortlist that you receive either from headhunters or from internal talent? I mean, I, I think the short answer to that question is uh, is no. I think that we can always do a better job with respect to, to diversity. And, and again, I, I mean that in every way. And so one of the things that we have to continue to do is we have to be proactive about educating, you know, talented people outside of our business as to, you know, that we're no longer this, hopefully this, this hidden secret around insurance being this great career. And uh, we shouldn't play second fiddle to any other financial services organizations because we are very important cog in, um, in the economy in terms of helping solve problems and move the, the economy forward. So, um, so no, I, I think we really need to, to, to um, broaden our perspective on the kinds of talent that we recruit. Yeah, certainly. And I, I think one of the very few positives to come out of the COVID situation has actually been the steadfastness and the maturity in the market that the insurance industry provides. And I think a lot of pot- potential talent coming into the industry who might be looking at, at technology or other industries, which may be not quite so resilient to large you know, 
global pandemics you know well, I, I agree with you i think there's portions of our business i mean our business in general you know i think most people would argue is counter cyclical right yeah and so um, people are reminded of the importance of our business during these challenging times and but it also reminds us of how we need to stay relevant and, and be sure that you know we are adding the value that um and, and well that we're adding the value necessary to 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 aid our clients and assist our clients in moving forward and that we continue to evolve with all of the uh, the risk trends that are out there yeah, certainly, certainly. Kyle, I, I know you're a big fan of, of Illy Coffee. Illy's do uh, great long blacks, great Americanos and great espressos. So that time of the show now where we're short, sharp and straight to the point of our espresso round. Are you ready for an espresso round? <laughs> I am ready for an espresso round, yes. <laughs> great, let's go. The espresso round. Kyle, what are the characteristics about your business that makes it such a great place to work at? We are in a a dynamic, you know, high growth environment inside of one of the premier financial institutions across the country. And so, you know, when we think about recruiting, you know, it's it's some of the things I mentioned earlier, but but you know, when you are a true comprehensive financial services provider, young, intelligent, experienced, you know, subject matter experts have a home here in this business to help be a part of something special. And so, uh, you know, we I feel pretty good about, you know, where we sit in our ability to uh you know, really be nimble in the way that we address client challenges. Awesome. And what opportunities do you provide to high-performing insurance professionals and leaders who want to progress their careers further? We provide our um, our high um, high performance with, I think, tremendous opportunities inside of our organization. I mean, it's a very innovative culture. Uh, we provide them with strategic projects that you know, really give them an opportunity to impact our business. They get to see the economy and the world through the lens of a financial services institution. And so we get to find a unique way to solve problems. And we provide, you know, those very talented, you know, high performers with a lot of different tools in their tool tool belt. And we get to see how resourceful they are in applying those tools to client solutions. Carl, that's great. Reminds me, actually, we talking to one of the leaders on our previous series who who talked about the the hourglass model when it comes to leadership so starting off very broad with your base knowledge and then becoming more more specialist and then as you go up into the c-suite and into leadership positions you need to broaden your skill set again do you, do you think that applies in your business that someone who rises through the ranks for insurance into a leadership positions could then transfer into a leadership position within the financial services side of the company yeah, absolutely. I think that those skills that that you learn and develop and acquire, you know, while you're um, inside of any organization, but specifically, you know, as you grow up through, um, you know, the brokerage model, are, are definitely transferable to um, to not only the bank, but to uh, to, in my opinion, to any other industry because they're they're universal skills that uh, I think will serve any business well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what are the top three skills or behaviors that you look for or you demand in your new executives? That you take on? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a, a really good question. And, I, you know, when I think it's just sort of a combination of uh, skills and behaviors, I think that the ability to communicate first and foremost is, uh, is a really important skill for any leader within our organization. Communication is absolutely key. Communication, not only internally, but the ability to communicate effectively um, with our clients. Second thing I would say is uh, accountability is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're not only your peers, but the folks that you have the, the pleasure and opportunity to lead, 
when they understand that you're accountable not only to them or, or you know that that accountability is a two-way street um, that reciprocity is incredibly important to your long-term success i think respect within a given culture is also important and then finally i would say collaboration because no one person can do this alone and so when you build a collaborative culture um, that is one of the pillars of, of long-term success yeah absolutely what do you think is the largest challenge you face when attracting new talent and what can be the biggest frustrations with the recruitment process? Yeah, I think the the hardest part is is finding talent or a person that is a cultural fit within your business. I mean, I think you can always find you know expertise, um, you know whether you're looking for sales expertise or subject matter expertise or whatever it happens to be, you know, customer service, but making sure that that person fits, you know, within your organization. It's like, it's like in building any team, whether it be in sports or, or in our respective businesses, you know, finding that person that not only has a skill set, but, but is the cultural fit so that they don't destroy what you, what you've been building collectively. Yeah. That's really important. Um, other challenges that we've discussed earlier is, uh, you know, diversity, um, you know, uh, in recruiting is always uh, one of the challenges in bringing in talent and, and, and then also finding ways to bring in, very high level, non-traditional talent. And, and one, having them understand the value of what we provide, but then two, you know, accelerating their learning curve so that they can uh, add value to, to what we do within our business. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, Kyle. I think some of those challenges there certainly apply across the board to different insurance companies, whether they're agencies or, or carriers and educating that real top end talent who are coming in from outside the industry into the opportunities and the rewards that the insurance industry can provide have a lot to do with it, I think. And uh, the more we can educate those people, the better and the better it will be for our industry. Carl, if I can just finish now with the espresso round by asking you if there are any insurance executives out there in the US considering their next move or opportunity, what would be your advice be to them? Wow, I mean, a very good question. I would harken back to what I just mentioned a moment ago in terms of what we look for when recruiting talent. And I think that the same thing is true when talent is, is uh, searching, searching or seeking a, another opportunity. I would say that, you know, finding the right culture, the right fit for yourself has to be top of mind. Um, there will be many opportunities out there that um, where the financial rewards, uh, you know, uh, are very enticing, but the cultural fit um, for longevity and for, you know, happiness and balance uh, is incredibly important. The, the final thing I would say is I think that um, especially for experienced talent at the, at the um, executive or senior, senior leadership level is, is just understanding, you know, what is the legacy that, that you individually are working on? Do you want to have an opportunity as a leader uh, to have a meaningful impact on the business um, in which you reside. Uh, I think all of those things are very important considerations uh, when you are seeking a new opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle. That's great. We've almost reached the end of our time together in the Insurance Coffee House USA today. But before we go, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And how do they go about contacting you after the show? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think, you know, I think have fun in what you do. I mean, I think that, um, you know, you know, commitment to to excellence and and just making sure that, that, you know, as we go along our journey, that we're always adding to our skill sets and that continuing to find ways to, to stay focused on our customers and, and the value that we deliver. I think, you know, that's the most important thing that we do. I mean, we all we're, we're about 
serving clients. We're about making sure that um, that we provide solutions and excellence in the way that we do that. And this is an industry that allows you to do that while having a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of uh, contacting me, um, you know, we have a, a website at uh, www.mtia.com. And um, I can be reached at, uh, that's a ksamuel1 at mtb.com. Once again, that's ksamuel, the number one, at mtb.com. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for your contact details there. We'll be sure to add them to the show notes so our listeners can reach out to you after the show. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us in the Insurance Coffee House USA today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on and really interesting to hear about the work you're doing there at M&T Insurance and the opportunities that you provide there. Nick, the pleasure is all mine. So thank you for the opportunity and, um, and thanks for everyone for listening. Absolute pleasure. And to all the insurance business leaders out there, whether you're in the United States or internationally in the UK, Europe or around the world, We thank you for listening and I'm sure you would have gained some valuable insights and learnings from Kyle today. If you do enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and remember to download and subscribe to the show so you receive each of our episodes into your podcast app each week. Until next time, I've been Nick Hoadley and this has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.